0: Welcome to a special edition of Cold Brew. I have a beer convo with Garrett, one of the brewers at Oso Brewery and Distillery. This will be the first of many that I will record at Tap That Downtown. Um, Right now, we're going to shoot for every first Sunday of the month and with every month uh, bringing a different brewer on board. Today, I got to talk to Garrett and um, his... A journey through beer is not traditional. He even admits it. Uh, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you listen to how he came up through the ranks and is now a brewer at one of the bigger craft breweries in the Phoenix Valley. Um, also, they have. Oh, they have. Uh, I think five locations if you count the two little O's. And they have uh, <laughs> the two little O's. They have a small location like express breweries, t- express tap rooms, if you will. They call little O's. And they see they have one in Phoenix on, uh, let's see, on Seventh Avenue. They have one in Arcadia. And then they have their uh, standard size breweries in Paradise Valley and Scottsdale and, of course, Gilbert and. Then they even have a couple at the PHX airport. Uh, the what do they call it? The Sky Harbor at PHX, Phoenix Airport, and they are going to open up another one in Surprise, Arizona, which is right down the street for me. And I learned that um, it's uh, going to be franchised out to Kind Hospitality, and those are the that's the uh, the group that actually um, runs the the airport. Oso's. Uh, O's. And so, yeah, and then kind owns a lot of uh, franchises uh, around the um, the valley, including like Panera and Macayo's, the Mexican restaurant, and Favalis or something. I forgot what it's called. Um, hold on, I'm scrolling right now. And Fazoli's, excuse me, Fazoli's, and a couple of natives. So they, uh, um, yeah, they they are like, a, are I guess a restaurant concern. <laughs> they just own a bunch of different franchises. So uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so Oso is uh, well established in the valley. They are slowly growing, and they uh, they have some um, really good flagships. We talk about those. We talk about their uh, their barrel aged barrel aging um well, how uh, division or anyway their canarchy and their. Uh, the ales from the Crypt series, um, which is fantastic. So we talked a little bit about that, and uh, yeah, so we have a good time. Uh, we were, we went to Tap That. Um, I brought my buddy Mario along, but uh, he just uh, he just uh, he was a fly on the wall while Gary and I were talking about beer. And uh, Tap That is is pretty cool because you can pour your own drinks, and they have a, a scratch kitchen. Oh man, it's so good. Last time I was there, I had the eggs Benedict, was which was amazing, and this time I had the. Um, jalapeno mac and cheese. Oh man, it was so creamy and it was it was beautiful. It was awesome. So do recommend you guys get down to tap that. Um, and it's just cool just to pour your own beer and and also uh, did have a few beers on tap because, um, Roshim, the owner of Tap That, he had a, a takeover tap takeover the uh, that uh, Friday preceding uh, when I sat down with uh, Garrett. And uh, they had the Oso Tap takeover on their first Friday. They're gonna, they're gonna, they have tap. T- they're gonna have tap takeovers every first Friday, and um, yeah. So you should go. Yeah, y'all should head on down there and uh, check out uh, Tap That, um, and yeah, and, and go back and and check out the conversation I had with Roshim at Tap That the first time I went down there. Uh, very cool spot downtown. And, you know, you go down there, have a couple beers, you go around the corner, Greenwood is right there, right on Roosevelt Row. There's also uh, um, a few other places down there, a couple other uh, um, beer spots and also uh, some good food spots. So, you know, you, you got like a nice little community growing down there in downtown Phoenix at the Roosevelt Row area. So anyway, enough about that. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Untapped, Surge Cold Brew Podcast on Col- on Untapped and Instagram and um yeah that's how you can get a hold of us and you know looking forward to a lot of events uh, coming up at uh, tap that uh, at least once a m- at least once a month uh, perhaps more we'll see um Roshim and I have been uh, talking and uh, you know um we'll see how it goes well uh, we both uh, um are excited about the collaboration and uh, i was really excited to meet Garrett. i, I got to uh, appreciate what they do at Oso just a little bit more And I hope you do too So here is Garrett and I talking about beer yeah. so What's up Garrett man, how you been? Good, how are you? Good, I, uh, I'm glad Roshim set this up I have been an Oso fan ever since I moved to the Valley um, I think the first one I went to was in Scottsdale is that...
1: Yeah, it's the Frank Lloyd location. Yeah. yeah. And
0: then I've been to the one in Arcadia, and I haven't been to the Gilbert one yet. You guys, how many locations do you guys so
1: um, have? So we have four Osa locations, and then two Little O's. One Little O's on 7th Ave, oh, and right. uh, McDowell, basically. And then the other one is next to our Arcadia location. Yeah. Um, so... I work at the Gilbert location pretty much exclusively, so yeah. I've been there for the past uh, just over four years now, so...
0: Is the Gilbert one, the like, responsible for Canarchy?
1: <laughs> um, so we do all the, like, Barrel Age program, all the Ales from the Crypt, so yeah, like okay. Bananaarchy, uh, Morning Grind, Take Hero, Knights uh, of Windsor, all that all that yeah. sort of stuff.
0: I uh, um, I, I love the, the Ales from the Crypt series. I mean, I thought... I've always liked also the the um, you guys brew some really good beers. However, it was the ales from the crib that's like whoa. It, for me, it was like ooh, dude, this is this is something different. I love this. I love this coming out of the valley. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, as far as like um, what's going on in the valley beer wise, there isn't a whole lot of like big barrel uh, like programs going on like. There is some like House puts out a good amount of barrel aged beer, and there's yeah. there's others, but for a while there we were kind of the only people doing it, especially what we were doing as far as the actual products we were making. So,
0: yeah. um, is, what uh, so in in the uh, um in your in your beer world, how like how did you get into brewing beer?
1: Um, so been in craft beer ten years, coming yeah. up and like the started in like January, so. I started off in, like, front of house, basically, so it was just, like, like a beer tender, basically, for a couple years, and then started getting more into, like, production side, uh, more, like, cellaring, kegging, cleaning kegs, that sort of thing, and then uh, I was going to school for chemistry at the time, and then I transferred into a fermentation science program uh, in Colorado State, so graduated with a bachelor's of science in fermentation science, and then, so I've been... I was brewing for a couple years while I was still in school, but post-school I moved to Arizona, been here for five years, and then pretty much brewed. I mean, I brewed here the whole time. I moved here with no leads and had a job within a week, so I've been <laughs> brewing pretty much the entire time I've lived in Arizona, which is six years in next April. So oh, okay. I mean, I started out at SUNUP for a year and a half, just over a year and a half, and then I've been at OSO for the, for the rest of it. So. Um, my path into brewing was not super traditional as far as, like, I didn't homebrew. I never really did that route, <laughs> right. which seems to be the more traditional route, at least, like, historically in craft beer. Yeah. So definitely uh, kind of uh, a weird route in a craft beer. It was definitely more uh, academic, I guess. Well, there's so, no right way, right? No, there's, I mean, everyone has a different story obviously of getting into it yeah. but most people's kind of have similarities within right, yeah. homebrewing experience something like that um where i went like more the academic route yeah. i guess so uh, um,
0: that's that's kind of cool actually where did you get your degree from
1: uh colorado state oh okay. so fort collins Is in, that in colorado
0: i've been to fort collins before it's uh, um, oh man it was i was there Fat tire before they got sold out. Yeah,
1: no, I was there before. So I graduated in 20 December 2015, or no, 20 math 2017. Wow, oh, okay. I transferred there in 2015. So oh, okay.
0: And then uh, yeah, and then was
1: Odell's there? Yeah, Odell's right next to New Belgium. Yeah, so, yeah, but Collins I'm Burry. I'm from upstate New York, so I'm from outside of Syracuse actually. Oh, okay. So I, I did right. two years of uh, chemistry. Uh, when I was, like, in a school outside of Syracuse and then transferred to Colorado. Oh, so. okay. What was, what
0: was it about Colorado? Because they had a fermentation Um, There site. wasn't
1: a whole lot of programs at the time. I mean, there still isn't, but there yeah. was three at the time. It was Colorado State, Washington State, and then uh, Appalachian State in uh, North Carolina. So okay. Colorado was the most developed just because, like, Fort Collins has a ridiculous beer scene. <laughs> so <laughs> at least for, like, the size city it is. I mean, it's, like, 300,000 people, and there's... 30-plus breweries or yeah. something like that ridiculous. <laughs> so, I mean, it has almost as many breweries as Phoenix, and it's a substantially smaller city. Oh, yeah, so. this is,
0: like, the fifth-largest metropolitan area yeah. in, the, in the state Yeah, in huge. the nation. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what led me to moving down here. So I have, like, no ties to this state yeah, really at all. I mean, I, I moved down here pretty much for, I mean, I knew one person here, so one of my friends from college lived down here. Oh,
0: okay.
1: So, like, I had... A place to stay essentially so I like moved out here and then realized that the beer scene here was I don't want to say lacking but behind what the rest of the country kind of was there was potential as far as like being able to do things here so
0: oh yeah I I noticed that too when I moved here in 2016 Because um, I came from the Bay Area, which has oh yes, of, yeah, it's, it's a decent beer scene, not the biggest. Yeah, it's not dense, San Diego, but,
1: but like it's it's still it's still yeah, big. We
0: had some big heavy hitters up there, and it's like, yeah, I came here, I'm like, whoa, this this is it. Like I I was able to go buy a a Brooklyn Brewery Black Ops on the sh- off the shelf. I know shelfies aren't a big thing when it comes to the big beers. It doesn't matter. It's like nobody knows this. This I'm like I was I was I got goosebumps when I saw it. like I never had one of these. Yeah, no, I
1: mean it's I mean. the short time I've been in Arizona craft beer it's changed substantially as far as like there's a lot more breweries there's still not a ton but just even just beer quality wise has grown substantially even the last like four or five years which is nice to see I guess as far as like everyone getting better so yeah
0: oh yeah I totally agree and yeah and there's still room for more
1: too. Oh yeah, no. I mean, the the ceiling is pretty high. Um, I mean, we have a long way to go to, to match like what's coming out of Colorado, California. But yeah. like we're we're winning medals at a high stage now, at a higher rate too, which is nice to see. At least at like GABF World Beer Cup, which are oh yeah, at least the two professional-wise that we care about at this point. So
0: and then Renhouse just won one. I, I just They just the won game. for
1: uh, blue quad roller skates for it was. Uh, Can't remember if it was Double Hazy or Imperial Hazy. I can't remember the wording on the style or in the category. Oh, not
0: just that, but like an international one out in Belgium.
1: Yeah, I just saw that one too. Yeah, I forgot what the the competition was. was, But there's so many. uh, There's there's a ridiculous amount at this point. But
0: yeah, as far as the national one,
1: the GABF. Yeah, GABF and World Beer Cup are the two that at least that we're kind of all chasing. So. Yeah, then
0: the Takero
1: one? Yeah, so we've won... Yeah, Takero was the first at Gilbert, and then we won Sudoku in 2021, right. yeah. and then our, our Euro Dark Lager, Bob's Your Uncle, won World Beer Cup in 2022, yeah. all silver, so... We haven't, uh, those are at least our last, like, we've won a couple, like, U.S. Beer Open and Best of Craft Beer stuff in the last yeah. few years, but as far as those two are concerned.
0: But still, I mean, there's a double-blind, you
1: know, Oh, yeah, no, it's a, it's what we're all kind of, like, looking for, I guess, as far as, uh, professional competitions are concerned. Yeah.
0: Um, but that's not why you got into craft beer.
1: Oh, no, that's, like, what, a ca- that's, like, the accolades we chase while right. we're, once you're in it, I guess, <laughs> right. so...
0: So, uh, um, what beers uh, uh, do, uh, also, do they let you develop beers, or do they say, hey, can you brew these beers?
1: Um, So, Gilbert, we have the rare opportunity, I guess, to make most of our, like, seasonal one-off sort of beers. So, Mm -hmm. we have the opportunity to pretty much create recipes as we can fit them into the schedule. So, um, we have four lager tanks, which is kind of the, the program in beers that I kind of lay my, like, time into so yeah um those are like the beers that i kind of develop not extensively but those are like the least where my passion lies in beer at this point is like more lager style like german european style stuff yeah. so and then uh so there's three of us at gilbert and we all kind of have our own uh like areas of beer that we focus on So like brody does the barrel age stuff i do more like the lager, more, like, the lighter stuff. And then the other guy, Brandon, has been doing more of our, like, hazy IPA, wants to do more of our, like, uh, fruit and sour sort of stuff, so oh, okay. we all kind of have our Dude, areas tastes? areas of interest in, like, <laughs> tastes in beer, I guess, so... Yeah.
0: Is it, is, I mean, is it, Why lagers?
1: Um, I think as most, uh, professional, like, brewers get further and further into the industry, we, uh, just want something that is, uh, not like it's, like drinkability I guess becomes more in play um, okay. less less and less about like just big huge beers like there's not many times I'm going to go home and like drink big barrel aged beers or like hazy IPAs or anything like that it's like most of us even if it's not like craft beer go back to like lagers either yeah. I mean macro is what a lot of professional like brewers drink at home is like oh, yeah. Miller like Miller High Life anything like mm-hmm. that I mean that's kind of what we all the default setting i guess so yeah
0: oh no i I get that too i I, I buy macros as well i
1: mean it's kind of fun to chase and replicate those in a in the crafts the craft world which has kind of started to accept them like it's i don't want to say cutting edge because they've existed for forever i mean it's the best-selling beer in the world but like it's fun to kind of chase that but, that a good, market a little bit, I guess.
0: Yeah, and it's good to have that stepping stone to get people in, oh, you have one that, that I drink at home. What else do you have? And then maybe experiment and yeah, try to so. find new flavors. We,
1: we make a lot of more traditional, I guess, lagers, which yeah. are which are kind of fun to replicate, but then we also make a lot of more experimental sort of stuff, like the Sudoku is a Japanese rice lager with lemongrass, ginger, and tea, which is fairly untraditional, I guess, so... With
0: all the um, added... Or the... The the ingredients... Yeah, which is, I mean...
1: It's just something that hasn't been kind of messed with, especially on, like, a homebrew scale, like, it's never really been, like, played with that much is, like, lager brewing, so it's Mm -hmm. kind of... Kind of a newer thing coming into craft beer again, which is, like, making clear beer, like, nice, clean, clear (laughs) beer, so... I mean nothing as hazy IPA, but I brew a lot of hazy IPA, so yeah. it's nice to kind of get away from that.
0: Yeah, is that a, um, is that what interests you in in to get into craft beer? Is the the whole science behind it? Um yeah, I mean that was definitely
1: like where my background is more is like <laughs> more founded in is like yeah. chemistry, biochemistry, microbiology sort of uh, sort of mindset, which is pretty necessary i guess like it's it's good it's a good knowledge base going into craft beer right wouldn't say it's necessary to be a craft like to be a brewer but it's definitely uh good to know that sort of stuff so
0: yeah i remember talking with ben from um crooked tooth and he was like a water specialist and so he's kind of yeah like water
1: is i mean Ninety percent of beer. I mean, it's your biggest ingredient. So yeah.
0: So you know that he comes from the water side of beer, where you know a lot of people come from. You know, like home brewing side is more. Um, I would say it's more like. It's not experimental, but it's more. Um, I don't know, just the feel of it.
1: And it's the more about it like creativity and yeah. like connecting to process and but like the yeah, the historical re- like relevance and stuff like that. Whereas feel like most craft like at least most people that I know in beer are more from like an engineering or science background it seems mm-hmm. or at least most people that, like I work with out here I mean there's obviously like the people with business degrees and stuff like that mm-hmm. that are like home brewers and just mm-hmm. like fell in love with beer and have have stuck with it so.
0: Well yeah and, and that's the part that I've when I talk to brewers uh, that are home brewers and they get into the, the business and they're like man I just didn't realize how much paperwork is involved and all the business side
1: and. oh yeah we're i mean we deal with some of that obviously like uh it's kind of more more kind of the role i take on recently is like the administration like scheduling mm-hmm. pay, like don't really have to do like our taxes and so much anymore but like production taxes yeah all, um like inventory there's there's a lot of just numbers you have to yeah. track on which are relevant
0: well, also, it's big enough where they can actually hire people to do most of the yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: that was like we're fortunate to have uh, yeah. accountants that will that do a lot of a okay. lot of that job for us. Um, we we still have to give them numbers and stuff, but we we don't yeah. have to do all of it, which is right. nice. I mean, we're we're big enough that we have now like a production mm-hmm. administration administrator like in the brewery who like kind of will will like help us at least. Yeah. Yeah, so that, keep that's, track of that stuff and do some of that stuff for us, which we're, we're rather fortunate for. Yeah. So
0: so you could just focus on brewing. You, yeah, you mo- mo- mostly
1: just it. we're there to make the best, making, keep up with production, basically. Yeah,
0: is opening uh, your own brewery something you'd be interested in or not yet?
1: Um, the financial aspect is is definitely daunting. I feel yeah. like that's the the most daunting and. Biggest uh, hurdle for most people trying to look at that, but I mean, I feel like pretty much everyone in this industry—that's like the the end goal, or at least uh, the pipe dream of uh, of it all. So, uh, it seems—I mean, less likely potentially, just with how like financials. Like, I mean,
0: yeah, the property value, yeah,
1: property value, and all that. I mean, raw material costs and yada yada. There's there's endless. Endless things that can be brought up, but, well, I mean...
0: You can always get, like, someone who's, uh, I wouldn't call it a silent partner, but just, like... Yeah, I think finance. there's
1: there's going to be a lot of movement in the industry for more, uh, like, collectivism and, like, a lot of breweries coming together and being uh, owned by the same thing, but, like, under, this, under different names and stuff coming yeah. up, I feel. Because, I mean, that's already happened with some big people with, like, Southern Tier and Victory yeah. joined, and they're, like forgot what they're calling it but they're like a brewing partnership now so like that's that's going to become more of a thing just to get through
0: who's that like the oscar blues co-op yeah with the cigar city and all them the canarchy i think they call it
1: but we'll see i'm not really sure what the the future of craft beer holds currently so
0: yeah but it sounds it seems like you're open to whatever happens to
1: yeah well uh and not invested but i've uh put a lot of uh, years so far into craft beer so I don't yeah. know I don't really know what else to do at this point. So
0: <laughs> you have to start over again at the bottom. Yeah, I
1: would have to it'd be a, a rather large change for me to leave industry at this point. So you kinda have to just uh, go with it at this point and see uh, what the the market and trends uh, pull the industry into. So Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I totally get that. I mean I was um, I'm in the logistics industry, you know, shipping and and for a, for a while, I was thinking of opening my own craft beer bar, and yeah, just the financial hurdles. And I got my MBA, and it's like, fuck, if I leave, and I'd have to start all over again.
1: Yeah, you know? I mean, owning and operating like a brewery of yourself would obviously be very uh, very fun in a lot of aspects, but it also brings on a whole new just whole new list of of issues and things you have to deal with as far as yeah. time management and all that. So just just being part of craft beer and like being able to brew your own beer at this point is is good enough like i'm 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 content with that um yeah. and i have i mean i think enough people are just trying to aspire to be where i'm at so i think that's that's in a good like in a good place just being there so <laughs> and the volatility
0: um, too i mean cause yeah right now you're in Oso pretty well established and, you know pretty certain you're going to have a job for the next few months but if you open your own spot yeah i know we're
1: we're at a good place the movie just acquired helton in the last uh Mm -hmm. i mean that deal went through i think three or four like probably three months ago at this point but so we're moving into having higher production volumes a better production space i mean bringing more bringing production more into one like one brewery instead of having two pretty much production breweries yeah. in the company. Well, so. it's like right
0: next to that one little O's, right? Yeah. You still keep that little O's? The yeah. That-
1: um, so there's going to be a small, like... I don't want to call it a restaurant, but it, it'll be a restaurant. Like the those the Helton like tap room will stay as it is, basically yeah. size wise. But we'll have a kitchen. We're like redoing the layout and everything. But oh, it'll okay. it'll they, be they, it'll they be they a full bar and a, like restaurant. So yeah, they got a nice space there. So, uh, but the the back of like the production space, so we're mm-hmm. gonna move Paradise Valley's Brewery into that production space oh, okay. essentially, and like right. we're adding vessels and tanks and stuff to okay. increase our volume, but. How big, you know? <laughs> um, so we're keeping the same brew house, it's a twenty barrel system. Okay. So we're adding a whirlpool vessel, so it'll be a three barrel or a three vessel brew house now, and then we're adding some like eighty barrel fermenters, eighty barrel bright tanks, some forty barrel loggers, and Damn. so we're uh, I don't know what what exactly was ordered for the opening, but our goal in that production space is ten thousand barrels. So, so you're gonna,
0: are you gonna be? Uh, like a production, like to distribute now. To distribute um,
1: yeah, that'll be more the goal. I mean, we need volume just for Oso, just because Oso alone takes up. I mean, is oh, is man. our main production is just internal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we sell. I mean, we just changed distributors recently too. So we're with Hensley. So we are. Hoping to push more through distribution, and this is a, a means to, to do that essentially, yeah. also. So, yeah, mo- like for both internal, so we can open more, more OSO locations and keep up with them volume wise. Because currently, that's our, I mean, one of our biggest issues is just keeping up with our internal demand. So, yeah. especially in season. So, like, come February to May I mean it, we're going to be struggling so yeah
0: I'll just uh, yeah
1: especially while we're trying to build out Helton in the in the same kind of time frame so it's going gotcha. to be a it's going to be a struggle yeah, just, like just volume see, wise like see, so you
0: know also in the craft beer section of the supermarket Yeah no I mean
1: that. we'll uh like our core brands like so like uh I mean our biggest like biggest distribution brands are, I mean, Boom Dynamite, Pop Cycle, Eighty Nine Ale, Hoppy. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are kind of the ones that we sell now in distribution. But we're yeah. just gonna, I believe, just keep increasing our uh, availability and like reach of those brands. Gotcha, so,
0: yeah, yeah they. Um, what? Uh, yeah, I was about to ask you what your your biggest sellers were. So those are those are them right there. Are you gonna? But are you do, you, do you, I mean, just maybe this is just your own personal beliefs, but should they be in 16 or 12s?
1: 16 has come to be the dominant craft beer packaging. Yeah. Um... I think it will kind of maintain that way for a long time. I mean, so we just moved our more specialty stuff, our barrel-aged stuff, into 12-ounce sleeks, which is our, like, seltzer packaging essentially, oh, yeah. uh-huh. um, which I really like that move. I think um, that might become more of a trend, is to move, like, your bigger beers into a smaller format packaging, but... Oh, I totally agree. I think the 16-ounce... Uh, Uh, can is kind of here to stay for a little while I mean it's like the the bomber back in the early 2000s you know like it was it was what craft beer was defined by in package you know so yeah
0: but you bring up the barrel age those barrel age bombers yeah stupid yeah it was insane I
1: mean that's what we kind of felt about the 16 ounce can with a 16% stout and it was like this is if you're one person like this is too much like I don't want to drink this much
0: it it would take me two days to drink it like purposefully Full lead. I like mean, I would just drink half, and then but those it, it, they kind of they go a little flat, but they don't lose a lot. Yeah,
1: you're, you'd be all right. But yeah. so the, the twelve ounce can for those it was kind of our move to kind of push that. I mean, it's a better price point for the customer, and a yeah, and it helps us have more cans of it just because the volume yeah. is spread out further. And so. you can actually
0: make more money because you can. Yeah, our overheads, our point.
1: overheads better on it too. Yeah. So it helps. It's it's across the board. I think a, a good move for us. Yeah, so, I mean, I think
0: the only thing is you have more. Units that you have
1: to start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Banana RQ was our first kind of like foray into the 12-ounce the sleek for, yeah. for barrel age. So we'll see how that goes. I think that's going to be our our move for coming into 20, 2024.
0: Or so nice. I, I I totally love it. I When I saw that, I'm like, oh, that was... That yeah,
1: was I think the, they look nice, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like that that can anyway. Like, I like the, the seltzer can, so... Mm-hmm. Cause we like all of We do a hard seltzer line too, and like we just, we do all that in the twelve ounce sleeks as well. So
0: oh, okay. You know the the only negative thing is it doesn't fit in my koozie. You need twelve ounce. Yeah, you sle- need the specific sleek. koozie. <laughs> but I don't
1: in, in in the, <laughs> I mean, I you're drinking in banana kea out of a koozie. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> good for you.
0: Hey, with, with uh, tailgates, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I'm not judging. Bugs, I
1: mean, <laughs> I'm impressed. If anything,
0: no, no, no. I, I I like I like pouring everything into a glass. I mean, that's. The way it opens up the flavor and everything for ever,
1: for any beer. Unless I'm like out and about somewhere, yeah. like in a parking lot, then it's then it's acceptable. Yeah, I feel, exactly.
0: but a tailgate, yeah. But then I'm not drinking a barrel aid stout. I'm yeah. drinking something light.
1: Drinking something that probably doesn't need to be poured out to begin with. So
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> right on, man. Um, is there anything you would like to, to talk about? You know, bring up anything in your mind.
1: Um. I mean, nothing super specific. Uh, I know. Yeah. I have nothing, actually, but... Uh, no, that's
0: fine. I, I didn't know. ask you to come with anything prepared. I just thought maybe...
1: I don't really have a good path if anyone's looking to get into craft beer. It's, yeah. it's kind of different for everyone and, like, the specific brewery you get in with. I mean, it seems... Oso's kind of in a weird spot, too, of getting people into craft beer because we seem to have a current trend of bringing people through like being a delivery driver so like we'll hire them as a delivery driver and then when we need someone to move up into like a seller position or like some like start washing kegs more do like actual production work we'll start moving them up through like actual brewing side stuff so that seems to be how we kind of do it i mean that kind of seems to be somewhat normal or like you're in the tap room at some place that's just like a tap room brewery yeah. and like you are just interested in craft beer. I think that's the the thing that most people lack the most of if they're trying to get into craft beer is just like a knowledge base and knowing about beer. Not even really process wise but just like style wise or just like having a good palate or just like some something that is useful within a brewery. Yeah, some- or just passion in general.
0: Sometimes it's just getting your foot in the door. Yeah. And the size of that OSO is you, there's a lot more doors that are open to get you. Yeah. The so, door. I
1: mean, I was, there's not many of us, I guess, at OSO that have come into OSO with professional experience. I think mm-hmm. there's four of us now after this year. So yeah. it's myself, Brody, uh, Brett, who worked at the, the perch for a while. He works at, he's the brewer at our Arcadia location now. And then we just hired a a guy named Brian from, I think it was a brewery in Milwaukee. It was Fair State, so. Okay. At least I think it was Fair State. I'm I'm sorry if I'm wrong, Brian. (laughs) Uh, But, so he's, we're the only four, like, external, like, professional, like, brewers that got brought into the company, basically. Everyone else was has kind of was hired at Arcadia like back in the day as home with homebrewing experience, mm-hmm. and had maybe like shadowed or like worked a month or something as like an intern at a brewery. Yeah. So like it's we've kind of grown into even like hiring more people from industry than like bringing in from like within our ranks or something like that. So. Oh, gotcha, Yeah. Which is kind of good to like. It's it's nice to bring in people that have been with the company a while just because they're they're invested in it, but Mm -hmm. it also is nice to bring in, like, professional people, I guess, because it's... They bring in their own knowledge base and experiences, so they... It seems to harmonize somewhat easier sometimes, so...
0: They can kind of also give you tips that they've already learned.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, so like, the guy Brian we just brought in is, like, the... Are gonna be our canning line guy once we're over at our new production space just because that's what he did for the oh, last okay. couple of years at the brewery he was working at or at least like was focused like a lot of his time was spent running a canning line so he's yeah. definitely going to be
0: I heard that's tough.
1: The guy we lean on a lot yeah. at least moving forward <laughs> so and he just has a lot of mechanical background in general as far as like oh, okay. construction and yeah. plumbing and all that so it's just another like everyone in the craft craft beer has a a different background I guess and it all kind of
0: takes all kinds
1: harmonizes yeah. i guess so do you still do you
0: brew at home at
1: all or uh, i think i've home brewed four times ever in my life um <laughs> maybe only 3 yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a handful at best okay. so um it was something i was like thinking about doing at home for for mm-hmm. a while when i first started like professionally but i never really wanted to invest in it like money wise and yeah. then i started being able to do my own recipes and stuff at work so it was like Oh, yeah. That's what true. I was going to do at home anyway. So it just seemed kind of moot at that point to invest money into something I was getting paid to do at work. So. No, I totally
0: get that. So it leaves you time for your other hobbies at home.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so.
0: Right on. Well, Garrett, thanks for coming out, man. I yeah, of course. No, thanks it. for having me. Especially on a Sunday. It's usually like the day of rest. <laughs> but.
1: Yeah, I mean at least it's nice out today. It was a reason oh, to get out of the get out of the house. So.
0: Exactly. So thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Cheers.
1: Yeah, no, cheers. Thank you.